Hello and welcome to Groove Therapy, a podcast that explores the effects of live music on our brains, bodies, and our lives and provides a space for you, our listener, to learn more about how you can bring the magic of live music into your everyday life. My name is Dr. Leah Taylor and I am joined here by my fantastic co-host Tara Lee Weathers. Hello everybody. Hi Tara Lee. Hi. I am really excited about today's episode um, because it is with somebody who is really special and has inspired me for a very long time. And we'll tell you who that is in a bit. But first, let's take a moment to get grounded and be in the present moment so this episode can have the biggest impact on you. So if it's available to you, put your hands on your heart and close your eyes. If you're driving or operating large machinery, you can still do this, but Be sure that you're paying full attention to what you're doing. And take a deep breath in through your nose. And exhale out your mouth. And take a deep breath in. And exhale out. And a deep breath in. And an exhale out. And may your time with me, Leah, and Mike be magical and amazing and be open to everything that is shared here so it can impact your life in a positive way. And so it is. And so it is. So who is this Mike that we have joining us, Tara Lee? <laughs> yes. So we have Mike Ganser, and he is from Aqueous Band and also Death Kings. And he is also a mental health advocate, which we will be talking a lot about in this interview. And so I'm super excited for us to get to it. <laughs> I know. I can't wait to hear what Mike has to say. It definitely sounds like he is aligned with the Groove Therapy podcast philosophy. Totally. He could be a host himself. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, maybe we could do that. Well, that's why we have guests. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, let's go ahead and get to it. So you can hear all about what Mike has to say about his journey to health and how he takes that in his life and through the stage and all the things. Yes. Get ready to be inspired. We'll be right back. And we're back and we have an amazing person here with us. And I'm super excited to dive into his magical brain. And we're here with Mike Ganser. Hi. Uh, thank you guys so much for having me. It's a, it's an honor, honestly. Thank yeah. you so much for being here. We really appreciate it. Yeah. yeah, it's an honor for us. And so I guess my first question is just like, I know that mindfulness and overall well-being is something that's really important to you. So why is that the case? Oh, that's that's such a good question. Um, I mean, for me, a lot of it was born of what felt like necessity, like what felt like a calling towards self-care or or healing that became clearer and clearer as I, as I got older and lived more experiences that I needed to find healthier ways to live and exist and function that would kind of honor my body and my health and prioritize my wellness. You know, I mean, of course, we, you know, we're all connected through our work in music and through the music industry. And I think any industry has its challenges and has its, um, you know, 
pros and cons in terms of the ability to, to take care of yourself and maintain your health. But um, a lot of times, you know, I think if you were to list the top 10 jobs that would include that, I don't think a touring musician is at the top of anyone's imagination. No. And so um, between that, you know, and a little bit, you know, between the fact that I've done that the past 10 plus years um, and, you know, and also when I was um, younger, I, I, you know, struggled with a lot of, um, you know, I, I got Lyme disease at a, at a pretty young age. Um, and that really changed a lot about my relationship with my body and my physiology and my relationship with foods and, and chemicals and all these things. So I, I sort of preemptively had an awareness of, of some elements of wellness. And then, um, as I got older and gained more perspective and, and, um, learned life lessons, I think the other things like, you know, meditation, um, mental health, uh, you know, going to be, you know, being in therapy and uh, figuring out, uh, uh, you know, wellness as a spectrum, you know, I think it's easy to think of like, oh, okay, I need to work out or I need to go to counseling or I need to do this or this, you know, but it, I, to me, it's sort of like the whole picture of your life. And I think that's sort of the difference between 10 years ago, me sort of looking for band-aids versus now me kind of going to the source and, and trying to just be well in a, in a more, whole sense if that makes sense yeah that completely makes sense and also i mean you share so much of your story publicly on social media and you're just really vulnerable which is so inspiring and i know like a, there's a lot of musicians that are just like my life is great and everything is good but you're choosing a different route and so like what has inspired you to do that and to share what's like really going on for you well, I think I started to feel some level of disconnect between not only my own experience, or at least the complexity of my own experience compared to what maybe someone would interpret by looking at either my band's social media pages or my own. And it's interesting because I think to some degree, you know, I love the phrase, two things can be true. because. Um, there's never been a point where I posted something, you know, that wasn't like some part of my reality, you know, at the time. But I think, of course, the the inherent nature of social media is, you know, I mean, on a fundamental level, of course, there's like questions of ego and questions of like, can I, you know, that's a big, that's a whole world of its own. But, you know, I think in in an industry and being, you know, when you're a working musician or working anything, you know, there's a certain level of professionalism and you want to maintain that. but I started feeling like I, I would hear how I would interact with fans or, or meet new friends or whatever. And they, the way they would describe my life via their perspective through social media didn't feel it, uh, authentic, I suppose, or at least it felt like it was missing so much context because people would look at it and imagine like, wow, I wish my life was like that. Or, or, you know, we, and we, the irony is we all play that game, you know, mm. like, all the way up and down the line in terms of, you know, even bands and, you know, it's, it's a hard, you know, a very human thing to like get caught up in comparing yourself and this and that. And I think when I started just peeling back a couple of layers on what was happening there, I just felt like that this platform, these platforms in, in one way could be looked at as, you know, 
to me, what felt like a necessity for a while, just because like, you know, part of the game of being a, um, an independent, anything is self-promotion and, and owning a small business or doing any of these, um, types of things that we all do. And so it's like, you know, you, I wanted to, I felt like I saw it as like a, like what I used to call a necessary evil, but then I started seeing it as like an opportunity to maybe help others feel less alone because I guess the sweet irony is, is that people were looking at my life and expressing to me like that they wished their life could be like mine or, and it's, you know, and, and that started to make me feel like, Hey, maybe I need to be sharing more because that does not like, sure. Like, you know, I'm so grateful for the experiences that I've had with music and, and the work that I've, you know, I've been in this band with Aqueous and now I have a few other projects and things, but I've been playing music in some capacity, like working capacity since I was 16. And so, you know, I'm very proud of that and, and, and I'm, and I'm, and I'm grateful and, and honored, but that is not the whole picture of my life or my existence. And, and that's true for everybody. We're all so much more than I think we can sometimes put in those little squares on Insta. And I realized that to some, even on my, on my level of, you know, there's like, you know, the jam band world and then the jam band world and then like John Mayer and Taylor, you know, it's like a huge, like it's, you know, but even the, the impact that I could have, you know, the people that follow me or follow the band, I realized it was an opportunity to help people with things that I struggled with, which were isolation and depression and anxiety. And, you know, particularly a lot of like men I would speak with would sort of like, you know, I feel like the more I, you know, found my own sense of boundaries and safety with what felt good to share, but then also found the courage to post things that would feel like maybe they could inspire others. I, I realized that that felt like a purpose that I should try to walk towards on, on a platform that maybe I underestimated or wrote off as, you know, stupid, <laughs> you know, not <laughs> silly or, you know, like yeah. all the things that it also can be. Mm -hmm. and, and so, you know, I, I just felt like it was, it was something positive I could do with a, a small platform that I have. Yeah, that's fantastic. I have, I have a few questions from what's been said. Uh, maybe I'll lay them out and we can decide where to go from there. My sure. first question was, I feel like anybody who starts off on this wellness journey, it's like, you can't change everything all at once. You know, it is a journey. And I'm just curious, like where your in was, like, what was the thing that you started working with first? And maybe it was diet because of the Lyme's disease. Um, yeah. but it actually, so in, it was diet, mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and I, I feel like that even that world, um, and when I say that world, I just mean like even food labels and, and awareness of like different allergies and stuff, um, has come a long way, even since I began, you know, I, I started de like dealing with that, um, over 10 years ago. And even at that point, you know, there was like some, maybe some like gluten-free options or things like that, but, you know, it's that's expanded in such a beautiful way where like now when I travel, like there's Whole Foods and there's like Trader Joe's and there's like places where it's not just like every rest stop is like a Sparrow's and a, and a whatever, you know, it's like, mm -hmm. and not, and not hating on Sparrow's, like Sparrow's <laughs> is good. Like it's, it's cool, you know, but, but for, for me, it's not like that. I, I, I almost, not to say I can't take credit for it because I, I you know, I, I'm proud of myself for putting in 
enough care to like, you know, adjust to my situation, which was very challenging. I mean, there was a point where, you know, with that illness and what it did, because it went untreated. I mean, I was down to 115 pounds at one point and mm. I'm, and I'm, and I'm back up to 153 now, which is the right place for me. Mm -hmm. Um, but I was very sick and, um, the food became, you know, I, I had, it was sort of, back then it was more frustrating and now i'm seeing like again this sort of wellness as a whole it's never any one thing and and for me it's mm -hmm. sort of like a combination of maybe eastern and western philosophies mm -hmm. and medicine but also spirituality and all these different things you know there's a lot of different ways and i don't think there's any right way for anybody but um for me the the food stuff was almost not a choice. Me meaning like mm -hmm. when I saw the difference or perceived the difference, it was like a survival instincts kicked in. And it became like, there. once I felt even just a little better, like it was at the point where I like, you know, having cognitive changes, you know, body aches, uh, uh, mood changes, like, you know, just, I, I felt like I was, you know, there was a point where I was barely functioning and, and having a, so much physical pain. And, and so the food was like the first real solution. And mm -hmm. so I, I was, and, and I was sort of cynical about it. I mean, I, the way I grew up, I, I, you know, I, it was a lot of like cereal and pizza and I, I didn't have like an awareness of how to eat healthy and stuff like that. And so mm -hmm. that's, that was my jump off point. And, and I, I guess for anybody listening, I, I would say, you know, that isn't the only answer, but for whatever you might be dealing with, but it is, it is, I think we underestimate it. And, and I think the culture, culturally, we are moving towards more awareness, which is great, but I'd love to continue to advocate for that here because it's, it's made Absolutely. a massive difference for me. And that's like sort of my base level, but that, so that was my entrance point, I suppose, if that answers that question. Yeah. And then, so that was your entrance point about 10 years ago. Right. And so what does wellness look like to you now? What are the things that you do on a regular basis to live your best life? Yeah. Um, so a, a couple different, different avenues. Um, a lot of it is, you know, just to kind of wrap up the, um, the food part of it and that side of things, um, you know, a pro probiotics are crucial for me. Magnesium is crucial for me. Um, sometimes fish oils and, you know, like just some, some in like supplements, you know, I mean, I live in Buffalo, New York, which sees very little sunlight throughout mm -hmm. the year. I mean, obviously, you know, the summers are hit or miss. I mean, it was 80 degrees a couple of days ago and I don't even know what it is now, but not warm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, uh, and so, you know, that was, you know, those sort of other supplements and things were, were really helpful to kind of round out what I would, what I dialed in with my peculiar stuff with the diet, you know, and then. Did you work there, with somebody on that or did you kind of figure that out on your own through like trial and error? Um, a little bit of both, you know, I saw, I mean, Lyme disease is one of those ones where I have a feeling in 15 years, they're going to know a lot more about it. Mm -hmm. Um, because I didn't, I had to, you know, insurance wasn't like, you know, there was a lot, there's a lot of gray area in the medical community and different opinions and different approaches. And so sometimes it was advice from a doctor. Sometimes it was something where I like would pay either a nutritionalist or, um, you know, there's like, uh, what do they call them? Like Lyme literate doctors or mm -hmm. something like that. And there's a waiting list for literal years for these people and wow. it's, and it's out of pocket. And mm -hmm. so I had a couple of 
experiences there just, you know, because when you're desperately ill, you know, and having a, a, an experience that's barely livable, you do anything, you know, and I, I'm hoping that as people, you know, as that they do know and learn more that people can find resources easier and not, you know, you have a lot of these demoralizing moments where you feel very lost. You're like, you know, or should I spend my money on this? Or like, there was a point where I sold my car so I could keep funding the treatments and stuff that I was doing. And so, you know, it's, it's, it's an interesting world. Um, but a lot of it, you know, some of it, it was, I, I would take answers from anywhere that, you know, that, I could also back up with research and stuff like that or talk to a doctor. And, you know, I, I don't mm -hmm. advise, I think everybody, you know, can listen to their body and know what's best for them, but it's also good to be careful and, mm -hmm. you know, know what you're, you know, what you're doing. But, um, but yeah, I, uh, I, you know, it was sort of just a combination of, of different things at that point from that world. And then when I, you know, as I gained clarity and gained health through primarily just the lens of the the health food, you know, the, the eating right and, and at least working around it to that degree, um, it gave me enough clarity to start kind of seeing what else was going on, you know, because I, you know, it was sort of like going from clarity and energy to having no energy and being kind of stuck in a cloud is how it felt for a lot of years. And, and just, and I think as the struggle in that, realm minimized um there became more space to actually see you know just from experiences trauma all, you know all those other things and so um you know therapy i and i i i just i am a huge fan of therapy you know to me even just i i think of course we're coming off of you know a time in society where you know there's still there's still a lot of hang-ups for people and there's still a lot of taboo and and like luckily we're seeing like you guys are part of that change like these conversations are part of that change and i think that's amazing because if i had been told when i was like 15 or 16 that like hey it's like cool to like be able to express yourself into like these emotions you're feeling are valid and like it go like you're not insane for needing to see a therapist you're a human being and mm -hmm. Um, that would have saved me a lot of grief. Um, and so, and I'm, I'm loving seeing like even like my, my younger cousins and people and my family and stuff connect um, with those, these resources sooner, um, you mm. know, and for me, you know, a combination of therapy and medication, you know, for, you know, for me, I have had ADHD my whole life and um, there's a lot of different ways to think about that and, and try to treat that and work with it. A lot of it is behavior-based, but for me, it's a mix of that and medication. Um, and, and, and then, so, so there's that world and, mm -hmm. you know, and I, and I've, and, and then with therapy, there has been different times. And a thing I like to talk about with therapy is like, you know, for people that are maybe thinking about it or, or aren't sure where to start, it's, I, I describe a therapist, like finding a therapist, like, it's almost like, you know, you, when you go to school, there's teachers that you resonate with and teachers that you really don't. And sometimes that can make all the difference mm -hmm. with how you connect or feel like you can even learn or engage with the subject. It's almost like, it's like a mix of that and like almost like, a, I don't, I, this sounds absurd to say, but like a dating, like you have to like find the right fit. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think it's easy to like, you know, when, when there's already maybe some, you know, resistance, socially speaking, to like even start to find yourself walking towards those resources and this is i'm just speaking about my experience like when i started like looking on the websites or you know you're it's it's hard already to like sometimes make those choices or find the courage to make those choices and um i like to try to just advocate 
to, for people to just try to just keep at it, you know, until you find the right one and don't hesitate to like, you know, wait, you know, you can change it up and, and, mm. and, and, you know, and for me, I found a uh, psychology today has like a, 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 a really lovely, um, like search parameter thing where you can like talk, you know, you can list the things you're looking for and, and, and there's like, you know, it's, it's almost like a, like a Tinder for therapy, <laughs> you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so, so therapy has been a big one and, you know, I don't want to like, you know, I can, should I just keep, is yeah. it okay to just keep elaborating? Yeah. I don't want to like, I'm, you know, keep going. Talk yeah. For, I'll talk yeah, elaborate away. <laughs> okay. Um, and so that, that, so there's that sort of Western side of things. Um, and then for me, um, spirituality and what i mean by that is you know i don't really have a particular association with um like a religion or a denomination but i i do believe in unity and i believe in human connection and i believe in you know finding spaces i mean i've obviously always been drawn to that for from the music side of my life alone but finding the importance of like community um through some of these when i say spirituality i mean like meditation or yoga these things like things that are based in in breathing and then like sort of for me a lot of it's uh, you know gratitude you know and like and some of these practices that come from you know, I like the idea of of borrowing from all the different religions and and teachers. And you know, for me, I like studied a lot of not studied, but listened to a lot of Ram Dass and read like Alan Watts and some of these like kind of philosophical people and people that you know had different ideas about the nature of humanity and stuff. I've found a lot of those resources um, were very beneficial to me in terms of perspective. You know, I feel like in the way that I couldn't have just taken like an antidepressant and had all my problems fixed. Mm -hmm. I also couldn't like take acid in a field and read one Ram Dass book and be healed either. Mm -hmm. And I, and so I, I feel like it's, you know, sometimes it's just, you know, these different, you know, points of, of, um, of entry into the concept of wellness just need to all be paired together. And so, so I, and for me with the ADHD component, it's very challenging for me to meditate on my own. I mean, I, 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 at least in the way that you would traditionally think about it mm -hmm. and, you know, like sitting perfectly still and like that can be very anxiety inducing, you know, for someone that is sort of like, you know, a little neurotic and, mm -hmm. you know, and so for me, it became, I, I ended up finding a group that meets weekly and, and, and going and having it be a bit more, um, you know, ceremonious like i needed i need the space to be shared with those people and even that presents its challenges but i do find that at some point i'm able to drop in mm -hmm. as we say and that i have found like I, I forget the exact quote there's like a um a quote that basically says you know if you're looking for the answer to a problem think deeply on it uh, and then don't think about it at all mm -hmm. and and i found in meditation so many answers and feelings and clarity come to me through the discomfort of sitting with the things, the feelings, the anxieties, the whatever. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh no, I know the answer, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes it's easy to look elsewhere, but I, I do believe that to some degree with these, the help of these resources and stuff that we all in our hearts, like know the answers to a lot of the questions and stuff that we might have about our lives, you know, or the difficulty we experience with self-esteem and stuff. I, I, I found through that practice, that's been a huge, point of like accountability for remembering myself and my like, you know, and so, and breathing and, and I've, and a lot of that has flowed over into my work life with the band. Um, we're now like, before the so, shows and yeah. Stuff. yeah, I, uh, I, I, 
you know, meditate before the shows. And for me, I'll sometimes do it with my eyes open or like, I'll like do like, you know, patterns like on my legs or like, you know, very like grounding activities and things that are physical that can kind of help with my ADHD brain still let me enter into those spaces. And I'm, and I find like, I do like, you know, we started this call with like saying, you know, if you need, like we have these moments where sometimes you, we need to like recenter and I'll do that on stage like four or five times a show now, like where, you know, we sometimes can all project so much about what we, you know, as me, I'm now thinking of musicians, like you can see a person in the audience and create an entire narrative about what they, you think they're experiencing mm -hmm. good or good or bad. Mm -hmm. And regardless of if it's true or not, it's good to manage like, you know, whatever you're doing and try to just stay present and realize like that you already have what you, you know, you're like, you know, the thing where, you know, sometimes self-doubt creeps in in any artistic endeavor and you're, you know, the, I, this, I'm not good enough. I need to do something. You know, that we're not, you know, any of these negative thoughts. A lot of times I'll just say, I'll like take a minute then and realize, okay, it's not as much of a rush, like in terms of like the timing and stuff, it's easy. There's like such an urgency in the music industry. Mm -hmm. And I'll find like, just like, settling down for a minute, even on stage or in front of like uh, big crowds and stuff, I can just like turn towards my amp and just take a minute and then just like be like, okay, my friends are up here and there's people here that are like, we're all sharing this experience. It's beautiful. It doesn't matter what it is. And, and you know, and so there, there's a lot of like kind of interconnection happening between these different modalities and stuff. Well, yeah. And so you've been playing music since you were 16 years old or is that when you started? Yeah. And so how has like the music aspect been a part of your like healing and wellness journey? Well, um, or I is it at all? No, yeah, <laughs> it, no, it, it, that's a, that's a great question. And, and it, and it, and it absolutely is and has been, you know, for me, I sort of built like a trauma bond with my guitar. Um, and, and I mean that in the sense that, you know, when I was growing up, my family struggled with a lot of addiction and, and just, you know, a lot of instability and, and mental health stuff. And, and I, I think, you know, my parents is, I had pretty young parents too, but their, their generation didn't have the same acceptance and resources. And it's interesting being like the age starting to become the age that they were when I was starting to have experiences as a kid and stuff and sort of seeing it a, a little bit different of a way, but, um, long story short, you know, to deal with a lot of the different situations I found myself in that were not safe or healthy or comfortable, the guitar was like a place where I felt like safe, you know, and, and when I was 13 and 14. And, and so that became like, uh, you know, such an important piece for me. And I didn't, I didn't really know that. At the, like, I, I wasn't recognizing that connection at the time. I was sort of learned that retroactively, but, um, it's what's interesting about it is I have such a deep gratitude for having found that outlet, first of all, because, you know, with the addiction um, thread in my family and stuff there and, and the sort of lack of, you know, attention, you know, of anyone sort of like, you know, I was kind of just floating freely through, you know, evictions and these different scenarios that it could have gone a lot of different ways. And, and, and I'm very grateful to have had this thing that just felt so immersive, you know, and felt so freeing and so expressive. And I always loved music, you know, even just growing up and stuff, you know, my dad was a jazz musician and, and he, you know, was very passionate about music. And so there, there, there was always that inside of my heart, but finding, you know, a voice and an outlet, you know, that really resonated because I played trumpet for a few years and stuff. And that, 
the I liked the instrument, but I hated the or like the um restrictions of band. Like mm-hmm. I I like had you know it wasn't songs I wanted to play, and it was just hard to keep my attention, as you might imagine. And I liked jazz band because I could improvise there, and so I knew like pretty early on that that was like a cool thing for me. But you know finding that when I was that age, 13, 14, that stuff that will be with you forever. And luckily it it ended up being a place that I kind of rebuilt a family, you know, like, you know, they see you have family and you have chosen family and, you know, that's sort of a whole subject of its own. But um, my band, you know, the band that I've, Aqueous specifically, I mean, I started that band when I was 16 and I started playing guitar when I was 13. And so these people have been in my life and have been there in in a familial way and and in such a large capacity. And it's very, it's very beautiful. Um, and I feel lucky to still have such a connection with them. And um, but what's interesting, I, I, and the other part I kind of wanted to talk about, and I think this will resonate with a lot of musicians, is that, and I and I have a feeling a lot of musicians, if it's anything like all the, you know, a lot of my peers and stuff have gone through through COVID, they might have learned this recently. But, um, you know, music is is an outlet, and it is, and whether you're a listener or you're, you know, a, a musician or you're a producer, or you're, you know, it doesn't matter what experience you have with it you know it's but it's not an identity and i think for me at that time you know i started i i had like a natural gift like a natural connection with the guitar specifically and i and there were things about it that just really worked and that was the one place i felt valued as a kid you know like where i felt like someone cared or someone noticed and so i accidentally built some unhealthy um associations in my mind with my value, you know, as, and, or my identity as a musician or as playing in the band or, or whatever. And, and, you know, you don't do these things consciously, you know, you just as a 15 or 16 or 19 or 20 year old, like, you know, you just live life and mm-hmm. you think it's a lot more simple than it is, you know, and, and it's, you know, it turns out it's a lot less random, <laughs> um, you know, in terms of the reasoning, but a huge part of, COVID for me was like facing the fact that, you know, coming out of the, you know, I pretty much ran like from the childhood's trauma stuff and the bad scenarios and like kind of escaped, so to speak, mm-hmm. and like didn't really look back and thought like, you know, and I was like, and I was like, I'll build this band and I have all these things and it was all very exciting. But as I sort of progressed, I had, I still had never like learned how to experience joy and I still had very low self-worth and I was sort of riding the waves of success, whatever that means, you know, in, you know, in terms of like the highs of a good show and the lows of a bad show Mm -hmm. and my, you know, self-worth was riding right along with it. And COVID was like a moment of having to really reflect, reflect on how empty I felt, um, and and how guilty I felt about feeling empty and so on and so forth. And the outcome through therapy and, and so sobriety is another one I could talk about a little bit later because that's another thing that's been very helpful for me, specifically with alcohol. Um, that problem, you know, like that, uh, you know, in, in, um, in Buddhism, they call it the hungry ghost, uh, hungry ghost syndrome or something to that effect. And the concept being you keep trying to fill the void and it doesn't matter what it is. You know, for me, it, for a while, it looked like it was the band's success or perception of success or, you know, whether I thought I played well that night. And and the improv world is funny. The jam band world where we come from is funny because 
what is really true. Meaning like people like I'll have played a show that I truly felt ashamed of at, you know, at earlier points in my life, I don't see it through these lenses anymore, but where I was like, that's the worst I've ever played. Like I am embarrassed. I shouldn't, I don't belong on stage. Like, and I'm, I think everyone in the audience was hating it. And the person that I thought was hating it most kind of going back to this concept about narratives Mm -hmm. will come up to me and be like, that was my favorite show I've ever experienced, you know, and, and realizing how subjective it all truly is and how it's really, it's so much less about perfection and so much more about sharing authentically and openly and, and, you know, all that fun stuff. Mm. Um, but those, that was sort of the work I had to do to kind of realign myself with my own, um, value system, you know, of, of how I was seeing myself and my worth in the world. Um, and so, you know, that's, that was kind of the genesis of all that. Yeah. Well, and I know I'd love to hear about your sobriety, but I also, I feel like now might be a good time for you to speak about, Kind of this healing that you went through during COVID. And this lens leads me back to when I spoke up with the first question. It's like there was so much loneliness and opportunity for depression um, and losing your sense of identity, right? Because you couldn't go out there and, and build up your self worth um, because it wasn't available. So you had a healing experience that involved a panther, I believe, in meditation. Could you speak a little bit to that? Yeah. So, you know, important an important piece of context that I, I've not spoken a lot about publicly was also, you know, divorcing from my my partner for, you know, for over 10 years, my, mm-hmm. you know, and and it was interesting because, you know, through COVID we both had to slow down enough to like really assess where things were at. And, you know, I think a lot of people went through that, like, you know, sometimes you don't want to slow down because then you have to look at whatever the it is. Mm-hmm. And and the it can be trauma, it can be a re- relationship, it can be, and usually it's all related anyway. But, um, you know, for me, that was, you know, the way that we navigated that was through, you know, it's hard. I mean, first of all, to anyone that's gone through, I mean, we've all gone through relationship changes and big life changes and it can be, it's, it's scary. You know, these things like COVID, COVID was probably the hardest and most important and most beautiful, like period of time in my, like most concentrated period of time in my life in terms of having enough time and space to actually follow through on changes and work and, and, and really reflect in, in inward and, and listen and 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 start instead of just like running and burning and, and and trying to like keep filling and filling and filling and mm-hmm. you know what you described in terms of like the like loneliness and depression and stuff that was already just plaguing the world through that experience anyway because it's you know we're humans and we're such social creatures and i think that was hard but what was funny for me is that i was already feeling those things while living the life that was supposed to you know and mm-hmm. it's because i wasn't aligned with you know i didn't know enough about like i hadn't been able to do the work and it's funny i had and when i say do the work i just mean like i'd been in therapy off and on over the years and and but i've never been able to like follow through in in a way where i could you know every single week you know and and starting to actually build healthy habits like you know because with aqueous i mean there was at least a seven-year stretch where we didn't take more than two and a half three weeks off 
you wow. know, and, and going, you know, sometimes doing five, six weeks at a time and then, you know, home for a week at most and then out. And, and, you know, it's, it's a very, um, frenetic, it can be, it's, you know, just the, just the inherent nature of it is very, um, I don't know. I can't find the perfect <laughs> adjective. It's, it, it's, it's, it's busy. It's, 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 it's hectic. But, mm-hmm. um, so, you know, I think for me, it was interesting already having felt those things. It ended up being a blessing to have the space to really sit in it. And, and I know, and it was hard. It was like the hardest thing and most pain, some of the most painful and scary experiences I've ever had to like actually start addressing like what was going on inside of me and, and, and going on with the relationship, um, with, with my ex and, you know, and from there, you know, it's interesting, I guess the sobriety part will touch on that a little bit because I, you know, and I feel very grateful for this because addiction is, you know, it's, it's, I, I've seen it so closely firsthand with my immediate family, but then also, you know, peripherally in the scene, um, you know, and, and just with everyone. I mean, I don't think it, it doesn't discriminate. And, and I think there's been a lot of taboo around that subject too, and a lot mm-hmm. of shaming and hatred and judgment and stuff that is, I'm, I'm seeing people are starting to learn that it's not the way that they think it was. But what I was going to say is I felt I was lucky in that alcohol didn't become like I I decided to stop drinking just for clarity while I was navigating that big life change with my ex-wife. And then I liked it, you know, like I liked it. It it paired well, sobriety paired well with the other wellness things. And I think Mm -hmm. I learned so much about myself, even in terms of like, you know, like I'm so socially like i i'm i'm very comfortable with one-on-ones or or one on you know like small groups but like large groups i get a lot of social anxiety and like a lot you know and i've learned like so much about my own nature just through the clarity of experiencing life without alcohol because alcohol is like the thing that makes you not worry about what you feel Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know and 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 it's not and i i hope anyone listening doesn't you know I am, I, I'm not here preaching that everyone should be sober and, and alcohol. I think anything, it doesn't matter what it is. It can be food. It can be sex. It can be drinking anything without moderation is a problem. Mm -hmm. And so, and alcohol is not that way for everybody, but for me, and, and for me, the clarity without it, especially in my work life with the band and, you know, cause like a band is, is so much more a job than people would imagine but it's also like you know there's a lot of like loose rules around and a lot of self-control needed you know because Mm -hmm. there is a lot of partying everywhere and drinking is one of those things that you know it's it's so old and so you know it's very and i when i say old i just mean it's like when i think of like the earliest versions of community Mm -hmm. like humans have been drinking together forever and so Mm -hmm. it's hard it was hard socially to sort of like learn how to to do that but once I learned, I, I figured out what I needed boundary wise or where I could function and feel good and where I, you know, I couldn't, it's been amazing to like, just remember everything I do and remember comfort. Cause you know, how many times have we, you know, I don't, and I don't mean, I just mean the collective we, I suppose, Mm -hmm. but you have those conversations like where, you know, you've been drinking all night and you like really bond and open up with someone. And, 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 and it's actually like, because in one, in one way, like that, that, lack of inhibition can sometimes allow that deeper place to come out. Mm -hmm. But I would argue that a lot of times those, it really wasn't a productive version of it because 
it's something that was necessary because clearly it bubbled up to the surface and then you share, have maybe some beautiful feeling catharsis, but the details and the nuance of it is lost usually in the sea of whatever that night was. And, and, mm -hmm. and for me, I've been finding a lot of joy in, in the clarity, you know, especially as I like make choices and, and align myself with things and a life that feels good that I want to remember and I feel like connected with. And so that was, that was a pretty big part of it. Um, and then I think from there, you know, the time away from playing music reconnected me with a lot of things that I also love that helped rebalance the the pressure that was being put on the music too. Because music has been a joy and an escape and a love and a passion. But when it's your only like real thing, like that you can, your only outlet, or at least that was the way I was building it, mm -hmm. it's way too much pressure to make it sustainable. It's like, it's like, I loved well, pizza is a bad example because everybody loves pizza every day. But it's like if you like love steak or something, you're, if you had it for three meals every day for a month, you'd like never want to eat steak again. And I think like, again, moderation, balance, it's the same concepts. But that's kind of how music was for me where I was like we were touring too much and and I wasn't able to have like time with family, chosen family, community and have time for other interests and stuff. And so I was able to like reconnect with skateboarding, which is like a huge, huge passion of mine. Mm -hmm. And 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 like stuff like having that weekly community uh, you, um, meditation thing. And um, my girlfriend now that um, she would like sometimes her family would visit this like Unitarian church where it's not about like church. It's just a, mm -hmm. like a gathering and and like finding little pockets to like interact with community um, in a more meaningful way and not have it all rely on just this one world that's both my work, my passion, my my money, my, you know, it, it, it's been it's been helping even everything out and, and bring more joy to all of those things and take the pressure off of all of it, including my relationships, et cetera. Yeah. What advice do you have for someone who's maybe really struggling with that? Like maybe they, during the pandemic, they were able to slow down, but now that everything is like opening up and they can do everything, maybe they're a touring musician on the road and now they're touring all the time. Like what advice would you give them so they can like find this balance and this joy and harmony? Oh, that's tough. You know, I mean, I, I think maybe the first thing that comes to mind is to just try to listen or find resources that help you listen to what's going on inside of you. You know, and I mean, like, like whatever anxiety or depression or bad feeling or whatever the thing is that might be eating away at you a little bit. Um, or, or, you, you know, I feel like try at least starting there with starting to like find enough time or space or relationships or whatever that cultivate a atmosphere of reflection, I think is a good start because I do, I truly believe that like, you know, these resources that we talk about are generally speaking of great benefit to anyone, like eating healthy and meditating and, you know, if medication is needed and, and counseling and, you know, um, all and sobriety, all these different, like that's good for anyone. Sure. But like the combinations or, or the specifics, like I think have to be, um, sort of curated per one's existence. And for me, like I, for a while I was worried that like, maybe I don't want to be a touring musician or maybe I don't. And, and it's not that I didn't, it turns out it's not that I didn't want to do that. I just didn't want to do it for 170 dates a year, you <laughs> yeah. know, and not, and not see anyone that's important to me and miss every birthday party and graduate, you know, and there's, I think seasons of life too, you know, I'm 32 now and that's a very different age and perspective than 22 was. And, you know, when I was 22, I was like, let's go, you know, mm -hmm. and, and also still running from a lot of the emotions that were, you know, just only just a little bit behind me, you know, and, and so things change. And, and I guess what I would say is just try to, um, a huge 
thing. Like when I talk about some of those, like, you know, the Ram Dasses or these, you know, these, like the, a, a sort of thing that's been helpful for me to, is to sort of just be a bit more accepting about people and about myself and about like even my own quirks. Like I feel like a big part of ADHD, um, especially because for me, it was undi- undiagnosed for a long time. And I felt like a lot of shame about like things that were different about me that I would try so hard that seemed so easy. But then there's other superpowers that you get with it, you know, and that's where a lot of that's and that's where a lot of people love like how I improvise and stuff like that. That's all like that's, you know, and, and, and I guess sort of like the reframing and the acceptance and, you know, just trying to find any resource that can help some point someone in the right direction, you know, and feel less alone and, and realize that we're all in the big struggle of life together, you know, I think would be a great place to start, you know, and just leaving enough space and room and balance for that if you if you can. Yeah, I can so relate. I also have ADHD. And it was like something I was like, ashamed of and kind of like thought was like the worst part about me because I struggled so much with it. But when I kind of shifted my perspective, like you said, and it's like, actually, there's some incredible superpowers that come with it. And if you can focus on that and hone that while accepting the parts that are really hard, everything becomes so much better and so much easier to deal with. Yeah. And I think when you accept yourself on that level, it helps others accept it about you too, or at least help you attract people that will inherently, like, you know, I think a lot of times we project like our own lack of understanding about ourselves on other people and how they respond to us. And I've found the more I've aligned myself and the more energy I've spent working on me and like knowing myself more intimately, the more I just naturally find myself around the people that resonate on the same in the same way. And, and I think a lot of times we we like to like, be like, oh, this person's this or this is that. But I, I sometimes, you know, there's you're, there's people that really resonate together and there's people that don't. And and that's okay. You know, I think sometimes we're like, make a big tragedy out of that. And and it can be p- very painful. Like, you know, anybody talk, if you're talking about a relationship or a friendship or whatever, but being like pairing me with someone that like does like, like, like my ADHD stuff, like someone that anxiety is triggered by not being on time or not, you know, having like really consistent cleaning, you know, all all these, the things that are the, all the peculiars about ADHD is not like, you know, it, it, not to say it can't work, but there's, I'm finding that like all these facets, there's people that, and energies and stuff that just work really well. And I think the more that you can put into knowing yourself, the more you find your people that will love you for you as long and, and it, you know, and I think you loving yourself for you is um, an energy that people can feel and, 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 and you connect with people that are on that same and, or help people see, you know, help lift other people up or help them accept themselves. And I think that's like kind of a big, like all we can, you know, really do for each other is just try to like really love, love people where they're at, you know, and then love yourself where you're at too. And before I forget, you had asked me about the um, Panther tattoo, which is, which is new. Mm -hmm. So one, one thing that I'm, that is a part of my wellness that I, I talk about. I've talked, I've spoken about publicly a, a couple of times, but I, I'm always a little bit hesitant only because, you know, um, I don't want to give the wrong idea or, or, or have someone like take this too directly, but, um, psilocybin, um, you know, mushrooms have been, a, a, another part of the, the wellness experience for me. And, and, you know, obviously like there's, it's, there's a difference between, you know, me eating a bunch of mushrooms and like going to a show or like having a good time. And there's nothing wrong with that. But when we're talking about some of these, like you know, trying actively to heal and grow and work on my own stuff and and try to like find more love and, and connection and all that stuff, 
they have been a, a beautiful tool for me where like, you know, what I started doing was, um, you know, once a month or every other month, just taking, you know, a, a normal dose of psilocybin and meditating uh, and walking and listening and journaling and and crying and laughing. And, you know, and sometimes I would do it alone. Sometimes I'll, you know, do it with a, a close friend or my girlfriend or, or, you know, but it's, it's one of those things where, you know, my hesitation is I don't want someone to hear this and be like, I'll just go eat mushrooms and I'll be good, mm -hmm. you know, because, you know, I and I don't know, like, that's a whole subject of its own. But for me, I so I had an experience basically where I was in a deep meditation and really navigating some just, you know, some of this, some of this stuff is hard to tread through, you know, even, even with all the consciousness, the sobriety, the all these things we talk about, it doesn't mean like, I don't, I don't have the answers like any, like any more than anyone else does. And I still have so, you know, still struggle up and have, and have my ups and downs and my weeks of self doubt and my weeks of belief, you know, and all that stuff. But like in the thick of like really big, scary changes, um, I kind of had just this clarity and these like sort of visions come through of this panther. And, and I'm like really into the spirit animal meanings and stuff like mm -hmm. that. And, and when I started like reading about that, I have like a book about it and stuff. And, and it was um, kind of incredible really to see like what meaning was derived from like, you know, even like ancient, you know, in, in like an ancient perspective of the meaning of a panther and like what yeah. experience I was having and stuff. And it just came to, for me to like, like symbolize the moment I was navigating. And I wanted to honor that with a tattoo. Cause I think tattoos are super fun. I, I, uh, you know, I just, I like, I like the idea of like decorating everything, like decorating <laughs> my guitars and painting on things and, and just making things unique. And I think your body is one of them. And, you know, like there's, I like the idea that a tattoo can have a lot of meaning and then you can just like get a lightning bolt for fun too. Like it doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't matter. But for me, that was like my way to sort of commemorate this time and this chapter and that experience I had, it just felt like it was on point. Yeah, lovely. Thanks for sharing. What is the name of yeah. the book that you use for anybody who might be curious? Do you About remember? the spirit animals? Yeah. I, no, I can't remember. It was a gift <laughs> for my ex-wife. I'd have to. I'd have to check it out. Okay. Um, and if I, you know, if it's posted or something, I'll, if I can find it, I'll send it to you guys. Yeah, but, uh, that would be great. We'll include it in the show notes. Cool. Get it. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, one last question comes to my mind. How has it been? You know, it sounds like you had so much self-discovery throughout COVID and really started like, you know, healing some, some things that you noticed and realigning right. with what feels true. Like, how is it now to be stepping back out into the world and, and playing gigs again and like kind of getting back to that life pre-COVID, but as your new you? It's interesting. You know, and, and at points odd, at points beautiful, it's it's many things, you know. I, I remember one of the first, like, bigger events, you know, because through COVID, we did a couple of, like, drive-in shows and, like, the weird, like, you know, and with, so for me, too, because, you know, with, with, with the... With the stuff with Lyme disease, eventually that moved into, like, an autoimmune dysfunction. So, like, I am immunocompromised, and, and I had... You know, I, I, you know, it was scary for me out there for a minute. And I like actually had like a kind of a scary brush with like, you know, I've gotten COVID twice, but the first time I almost died. So, yeah. um, you know, for people, like, it's not a joke for people who are immunocompromised and, and, and it's not a joke for anybody, but, um, we played, we played some shows like in the thick of that weirdness, like, you know, at a drive-in at that point, you know, in, it was early enough where I didn't necessarily have a lot of the perspective or, or, you know, I was still kind of just a little bit lost feeling, but as 
I kind of had a, about a year go by of this work and reapproaching shows, especially like early 2021 and on. I remember Peach Music Festival being like one of the first like bigger things that we went and played at. And I remember being like, not like really not knowing how to feel like where I felt such like I was like, it's so like, I'm so glad to be back. And, you know, a lot of this and, you know, a lot of this stuff we're talking about and like this perspective and stuff, you know, my talk about relationships, like my band is the longest relationship I've ever been in, you know, mm -hmm. and, and I was with my ex-wife for 10 years, you know, and so like this, that some of this stuff has been of great, I think, you know, benefit just to just our dynamic. And there's so much like love and we're getting back to like a lot of our sort of initial intent, which was just to be friends and be nerds and play music the way we want to. And, you know, and so we've been finding like rediscovering a, a lot of joy too, which I don't think, you know, I think has been right on point with all the, you know, work we're all, we're in everyone to some degree went through these changes, you know, in my band and I'm sure with everyone. But, um, I just remember feeling like a little conflicted. I remember like hoping that it was okay. You know, meaning like, like hoping that I wasn't contributing to something that like maybe was a little too early or wasn't, you know, and I, and I just wasn't sure. I, I felt like, you know, things were changing so quickly that it was like hard to know it was okay. But the next thing I know, I was like sitting in with Andy Frasco and crowd surfing. So it's like, <laughs> you know, I, 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 I think that I got, you know, you get caught up in the joy of it and it was, it was fine. Like we were, I was, we were okay. And, and, you know, and, but it was, um, it, it was a little odd to get used to in the beginning, but then as, as events like that sort of started happening again, and I like relearned how to like even be a social person at all, especially with the clarity of sobriety, mm -hmm. it felt like you realize how much, like, at least I realized how much of my family and community exists there too. And I think that's why a lot of us are in this scene is because, you know, we find our people and, and, you know, for us, you know, it's, it's been, always been the bands, you know, like those are our friends. And so many of these bands, like I met Ryan, Mont I'm, I'm trying, like you mentioned, you were working with Ryan Montblue and like, I don't remember what year I met him, but like we send each other like skateboard videos and like, we'll get on yeah. zoom sometimes. And, you know, and, and he like is so wise and smart and like, he's just one example. Like, that's just like what came to my mind of like, like, I remember meeting like, um, like Dopapod or the turquoise guys or, and girls and, and, talk and pigeons and all these bands in like 2011, you know, and, and so they, and we, I ended up seeing a lot of these bands and stuff through tours and my own bandmates, like more than loved ones and family and stuff like that. And so they are like that, I think for a lot of us is our like place. And so it's felt very heartwarming to like get to reconnect and be in these same spaces. And I was just down in Florida for this festival called Resonate and we played our set. And right after that, like, like was thunderstorming for hours and, it was really nice because I ended up just getting to hang with like some of my friends, um, like from some of the different bands, like the Doom Flamingo guys and some of the Umphreys guys and the Biscuits guys. And it's just like, it's like such a family vibe and everybody's very kind. And, and, and I think that's like a big, like a huge part of what I miss the most. And then this new perspective I have with gratitude and grounding and, and stuff has really changed the way music is for me and how I interact with it and, and how our band interacts with it. And we're finding such freedom and such beauty and, and, and like such a different experience than I feel like even people had with us before we had where there's such like a, I feel like there's now a vulnerability that's a part of it. That's allowing us to like sometimes really get to some beautiful spaces mm. with the audience, you know, and, and the gratitude between like how I think we all feel gratitude, like to get to do it again and get to like be where we like love and, and especially in a new balanced way where we're all feeling healthy and, 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 and happy and, and not overworked and stuff. And then also the audience who, for a lot of people, this is their church and their sanctuary and their place to like really 
be able to just let go uh, um, and express and feel seen and feel understood. And I feel that so acutely. Um, and, and it hasn't worn off yet, you know, like meaning like the diff, like I've always felt like those, I've always tried to like really tap into that and know that and come from the place of gratitude with audiences, but it's different after COVID. And I think like, I'm really just trying to relish in the energy of like a collective gratitude happening all at the same time. It's so cool. Mm -hmm. And it's such a synergy and it's unique to this moment in history. And, and I feel like I've just been very much enjoying being there with such full presence and such clarity and such a lack of all the things I had before, which were anxiety and low self-esteem and, and all the things that aren't fun to feel. And so, mm -hmm. uh, so it's been, it's honestly been quite beautiful and it, and it's been, I think that this balance component, again, like being able to be home for things and go to you know, bowling with my girlfriend's family and go to, to dinners and, and hang out with friends and go skate and like do things and then go back out and come in with all those experiences and, and genuine new inspiration. Because I, I think for any creative endeavor, inspiration never comes from just one place, you know, mm -hmm. and I'm finding like me going skating, like when, so I have this other band called Death Kings mm -hmm. and it's like a metal kind of like punk thing that I started with Ryan Stasek from Humphreys McGee and then the drummer Mikey Karuba, who's from Buffalo, but used to formerly of Turquoise and an incredible musician and very accomplished drummer. Um, and the way that we wrote a lot of that stuff, Stacy would go surf and come write stuff and I would go skate and come write stuff and we send it to each other throughout mm. the pandemic. And oh. I'm finding that like learning more about what else is engaging to me, like helps me be more um, expressive and open and, 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 and inspired with guitar and music and the bands, the bands and stuff like that. So it's been, it's been really cool actually. Yeah, it's like you're going in full instead of going in empty, trying to fill yourself with music. It's like you can come in full in all areas of life because you're getting filled in different ways. Yeah, and to me, that feels like I can give more then. Like, mm -hmm. I, I feel like I, I've always felt that it's really For important sure. to honor, honor the audience first and honor the people that are there and realize that it's we're, it's all the same. Like, we're, we're the same as they are in terms of that energy that's getting passed around, but it's mm -hmm. been even you know, it's been a, a more direct source lately, I feel, to be able to do that together with everyone, the band, the audiences, the the people working the venue. It's, it's just, we're all people, <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, so we are almost out of time. So are there any last thoughts that you want to impart? Is that the right word? Yeah, I think impart so. Impart <laughs> on our audience? Yes, let me impart some wisdom. Yes, no. impart to the wisdom. Yeah. Um, Tell us everything. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I think the one message that I would love to, to send off with is to just, you know, for anybody out there struggling and to kind of circle back on, you know, the social media conversations and this sort of like why I felt compelled to share more and be more open with these things. Just keep, keep going, you know, keep chipping and realize you're, you're not alone. And that like, there are people and resources and, and, and there's such a well, like a, a well of love that is waiting for everybody I feel. And, and it's very hard to see at times. And I, and I, and I, and I hope that anyone that is listening, you know, I just want to send them love and send them, um, hope and, um, and, and wish them well on their journey and and to just say just keep pushing and listening to what you need and 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 walking towards your light and and you know 
don't feel ashamed about who you are, you know, because, you know, we're all just, I just, I really do feel that we're all so connected and so, um, so much more alike than different. And, and, and the, and even the differences should all be celebrated anyway, but it's, it's, I just think on a human level, um, you know, we all, it doesn't matter your favorite musician, whether it's me or, you know, Taylor Swift or John Mayer, these people, you know, it, like everyone, they're just people and you're, and there's no, you know, I guess I, I, what I'm trying to say is I hear a lot of people talk, you know, to me or with, you know, or about other things, like in such a way that they're imagining that it's, if they only had this or they had, you know, and like to some degree that will be true, but, um, I don't know. I feel like I'm rambling, but the, the, <laughs> the point I'm trying to make is, is that you are valuable, whoever you are, you know, and just being a human is enough and whatever you're doing is enough. And if you can learn to accept and love yourself and, you know, and f find the resources, or if you need help with the resources, ask, um, just keep going, you know, and don't give up. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Lovely. Thank you so much. Yeah. Yeah. Thank yes, you guys thank for having you. me. It's been, it's been an honor. Yeah. It was an honor for us too. This has been so amazing. There's so many like golden nuggets in your share and it's like, I'm inspired and I already know that everybody listening, well, I mean, I can't speak for them, but I feel like they are also all going to be inspired as well. Good. Yeah. Thank you. That makes me happy to hear. Yeah. And you have just such a calm and grounded presence. Like <laughs> I, I feel <laughs> like, you. you know, which is helpful for letting people, I don't know, drop in and be right. able to receive and hear. So thanks for bringing that with you too. Thank you so much. I, uh, that's very kind of you to say. Yeah. Yay, thank you. And we will be right back. And we are back. Yay. Yay. <laughs> that was so interesting. I love hearing about other people's journeys to health and wellness. It's always so interesting to me. I feel like everybody has kind of different catalysts for what gets them started on wanting to lead a happier and healthier life. And it's just, I don't know. I just really love hearing the stories. Yeah. That's like one of my favorite things is to know the like big why behind some, what why somebody is doing the things that they do. Mm -hmm. And so that was super interesting to me. And I'm like always interested in that. And like everybody else, it's like one question I always ask people. Yeah. Well, let me ask you the question, Tara Lee. How, how did you get started on your health and wellness journey? Yeah. Well, I would say like one of the biggest moments for me of when I realized like I could be responsible for my own health and wellness and mindfulness was that I had chronic sinus infections. Um, and I had a lot of like a slew of other health problems that were also related. Like I was my fingertips were turning purple and my hands were like freezing cold. I would um, feel like I was going to pass out a lot. I was just having a lot of problems. My like stomach, I had IBS really, really horribly. And then the chronic sinus infections. So I went to the doctor and the doctor was like, well, you have to have surgery and there's no other option. Like that's what has to happen. And there was something in me that was like, maybe it's the food that I'm eating. And I asked the doctor and the doctor was like, nope you have to have surgery. This is the only way. And so I was like, all right, give me a month. And if like I try something and it doesn't work, I'll go ahead and I'll have the surgery. And so I did some research and found that 
um, dairy and wheat can cause a lot of mucus and inflammation um, in your body. So I was like, well, I wonder what would happen if I stopped eating those things because I was a vegetarian at the time and pretty much all I was eating was bread and cheese. I wasn't mm. a healthy vegetarian at all. <laughs> And so I cut out those two things, and I have not had a sinus infection since then, and that was in 2000. So it's been over 22 years that I have not had a sinus infection. My IBS went away. I also, my fingertips don't turn purple, and my hands aren't freezing. I have, like, good circulation. So it was, like, all the problems that I had was actually connected to the things that I was eating. Mm -hmm. And so from there, I was like, once I healed myself, I was like, I want to help other people with this. And I signed up for the Institute for Integrative Nutrition, where I learned even more about the like holistic aspect of health and how like your career and your relationships and your spirituality. And to me, live music is mm -hmm. just as important as the food on my plate. And I have to balance it all. So that was a real like catalyst of my holistic health journey. Like that really set me when the doctor was like, no, it can't. It definitely has nothing to do with what you're eating. And it had everything to do with what I was mm -hmm. eating. Yes. And my ADHD, too. Like, I changed my diet with that. I was addicted to sugar and I was having so much trouble and it became so much more manageable when I balanced my diet so I wasn't have so many highs and lows because it's mm -hmm. really hard to concentrate when you also are like feeding yourself. Mm -hmm. I was on like a salt and sugar roller coaster and that mm -hmm. was crazy. Yeah. Good job listening to your body and also knowing that you are the expert on your body. Like I tell people, I tell my patients that all the time. It's like you have to listen to your body. Yes, you're going to doctors that are experts. You know, they've done a lot of research. They've done a lot of studying, but they learn how to do surgery. They learn how to prescribe medications. They're like just going on what they know. And it's so important for us to listen to our own bodies. So yeah, absolutely. And it's like, Thank God there are doctors because I suffer from urinary tract infections. That is just the way that I'm built. Like that is thing where I tried all the natural things and mm -hmm. nothing has helped me. And it's hereditary. It's in my family. And like if there was not antibiotics to help me with that, like I don't even know that I would be alive anymore. So I am like so grateful for yes. Western medicine. But at the same time, there are so many things that like that. It's my last resort instead of my first resort. Yes. Yep. Yep. Because there's so much that we could do, especially with food. Like yeah. food is the fuel that we feed ourselves with. That's what we put into our body. That's what our body runs off of. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I have the same question for you. Yeah. Well, mine was more of like the mental health aspect. I Thankfully, I haven't really had like, you know, physical problems that I really needed to work with, but definitely just kind of overall mental, emotional, um, just not feeling, just knowing that I could feel better. And my journey actually started through movement and exercise. And it was when I moved to Colorado, which was right after college. Um, I lived in Colorado for a couple of years in Winter Park. And I had always worked out in college, but I did it for like, not really to like, feed my body in a good way, more like, uh, I'm going to work out so I can lose weight so I can look good, you know, kind of thing, which is really different than like moving your body in a joyous way because you enjoy moving. And um, so when I moved to Colorado, because there was just like, 
so much outdoor sports, whether it was in the winter with snowboarding or during the summer, like I started playing disc golf and just walking all over the place and hiking and uh, just really being with exercise in a way that was joyful. That was really like my entry in, into health and wellness. And from there, it just, and that was, gosh, like 20 years ago, maybe 19 years ago. Yeah. So a while. And then it just kind of flowed from there. When I moved to California, I stopped smoking. I used to smoke cigarettes, stopped doing that. Um, And then like, just really like I stopped taking birth control and putting that into my body and just like really started paying attention to what I was putting into my body. That's when I got into food. But that didn't actually really happen until I got pregnant with my son. And then I was like feeding somebody other than me. And I was like, I should probably pay attention to what I'm what I'm feeding this little baby that I'm growing in my body. So, yeah, it's been a whole thing. Um, A very long journey, but I'm really happy where I am right now, for sure. Yeah. And it's so interesting because our society is like working out is supposed to have a physical goal. Mm-hmm. But there's so much more to it. I mean, I was a professional cheerleader for the NBA and I hurt myself. And my whole entire life, I was like working out to be a certain size and to be able to do like certain things in that. Mm-hmm. And it was the first time in my life where I was like, I had no goal and I can do like whatever I wanted because I wasn't doing that. And it was so freeing Mm -hmm. to be like, how do I want to move my body today instead of like, what do I need to do so I can have achieve X, Y, Z? Yeah. Yeah. It really is totally different. Yeah. And so good. Yeah. Yeah. And eating is the same way. Like Mm -hmm. when you're eating to be a certain size or like whatever, it's way different than eating what your body actually wants and how and eating for the way that you want to feel instead of Mm -hmm. the way you want to look. That's right. So transformative. Yep. Yeah. Totally. Maybe we can have a whole episode all about that. (laughs) Yeah, we definitely should. And, and, you know, and I'm so grateful for it all. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Well, another thing that Mike mentioned that I can definitely attest to in my life and uh, I was going to say have a lot of gratitude towards but I'm bump. <laughs> <laughs> Good one. Is gratitude. He, oh my gosh, I love gratitude. So let's talk a little bit about gratitude for the. Did you know? The gratitude has many benefits and there thankfully has been a lot of research that's been done on gratitude. And I say thankfully because it it's actually fairly recent that we started looking at things that help us to feel good as opposed to all of the ailments and illnesses and mental illness as opposed to like mental health. So I'm just so grateful that in the past 10 years, 20 years, there's been a real a big focus on more of positive emotions and things that we are actually doing to help us feel good. So I just wanted to throw that in. But for gratitude, uh, one of the things that gratitude helps us do is to shift out of depleting or toxic emotions, such as anger or resentment or any jealousy, any of the things like that. And all emotions are absolutely good to feel. 
in their own way, but we don't want to get stuck in those depleting and toxic emotions. So gratitude is a way to help us get out of those. Gratitude also, people who practice gratitude or who feel gratitude on a regular basis experience fewer symptoms of illness. They are less depressed. They are more optimistic and happy. They have stronger relationships. They are more generous. And also it has been shown that gratitude can help change the areas in the brain that are related to attention. So that means that it can help to increase attention and learning and memory as well. That's amazing. And I have goosebumps all over because I didn't realize when I shifted to having an attitude of gratitude, all the things that you said that it helps with, Mm -hmm. my life changed in all of those aspects. Whoa. (laughs) Yeah. It's, I mean, gratitude is amazing. Like, honestly, and it's something that you can cultivate. Like it, you don't have to be a person that feels gratitude. I, again, I started my journey because I was depressed. I was angry. I was like frustrated all the time. I was not a happy person. And one of the things that has totally shifted that for me was a gratitude practice that I still do to this day, like nine years later. Yeah, it's so true. If you're like out there and you're like, I don't even know how to be grateful. It's like it's like going to the gym. You know, you're not going to be lifting a 100 pound gratitude weight in one day. It's going to take time. It's a practice. That's why it's called that. And Mm -hmm. I'm still like working on my practice. Like I am picking up heavier and heavier weights and becoming more and more grateful in every single day and every single moment. And so don't feel like that you're not where you think you should be. You're exactly where you think you should be. And just pick up a one pound weight today and see what happens. And so I'm going to teach you a way to do that for my part. Daily Jam. So what I want you to do is find a journal or even if you just have a piece of paper, put it by your bed. And every night before you go to bed, write down three to five things that you are grateful for. And even if you come up with one thing that you're grateful for each day, that is amazing. So don't feel like, oh, I can't I can't think of three, so I'm going to do none. Write down one and that is awesome. And I mean, and if you have 10 things on that day, you can write down 10 things. Three to five is just a suggestion on a number that you can try. And so do that. And then I have some extra credit gratitude stuff that you can do if you want to, when you wake up in the morning, write some more things that you're grateful for. You'll get some extra credit points. And then also, if you want to head on over to the Groove Therapy Podcast community page on Facebook and share some of the things that you are grateful for, you'll get some bonus points. And then lastly, if you want to create a story on Instagram and tag us at Groove Therapy Podcast podcast with sharing some things that you're grateful for in your life or snapping a picture of your list or any way that you want to share what you're grateful for, you will get extra, super special, extra bonus points. Yeah. Those, there are your assignments. (laughs) I know. It's so funny because like in school, I was not so great with homework, but I love giving homework (laughs) on this podcast. (laughs) But I guess this is way different than math homework. Yeah, for sure. And this will actually change your life for the better. And yeah, 
Kudos to all the people who work with math on a daily basis. <laughs> I'm sure that helped change your life for the better too, but I'd rather practice gratitude. <laughs> yes. I am grateful for the mathematicians of the world. <laughs> yes. And the accountants like my husband who can count things for me. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I would say it's like even the the change and stuff. So like if you think about the things that you have to do every day, say you have to when you're paying your bills, instead of being like, oh, like, look at all my money flying out the window. Mm-hmm. You could just have a little shift of like, wow, I'm so grateful for the abundance I have to keep my lights on. Mm-hmm. I'm so grateful that I'm able to like be warm in my house. I am so grateful that I'm able to pay for the Internet so I can connect with people. That little shift will like start to change everything. And the more you do it, the more it starts to become your norm. That's right. That's right. Because literally you're changing your brain with this new practice. You're letting go of old habits of just instinctually going towards the worst or thinking the worst. And you are gradually shifting into more of a state of gratitude, which actually then becomes a trait of gratitude because you can grow that in your own brain by practicing it on a regular basis. That's so freaking cool. I know. I love our brain. I love our brains and I love all the things you teach me about our brains. <laughs> They're so amazing. Yeah. So, well, we are definitely grateful for you. Thank you so much for being here and for listening to us. We so appreciate it. Yes, we love you so much and if you want to we we love we unconditionally love you no matter what. But if you mm-hmm. wanted to leave us on Apple Pod a five star review with a little is it a comment? Uh I guess well a review. So they could do oh, a five a star rating, <laughs> but you could also yes, leave us a go. review. And it could just be like one word, like stunning or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> magical beautiful (laughs) changed my life (laughs) yeah you know you can steal our words yeah (laughs) every time we see a review we do a happy dance because we're so grateful it helps spread the word of what we're doing and um i feel like this word is really important Mm -hmm. it is yes so if you feel that way too you can leave us a rating or review on Apple Pod. You could share this podcast with somebody that you love and feel grateful for. Um, and you can also just simply click the follow button wherever it is that you are listening to this podcast because that helps tell the that platform that this is a good podcast and they should let other people know about it too. Yes. And we also are part of the Osiris Podcast Network, and there are plenty of podcasts for you to dive into over there. If you are a live music fan, there is something for everyone. So check it out. Yes. And we are extremely grateful for Osiris, too. Yeah, they are the best. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you so much for listening. And thank you to Mike for coming on and being our guest this week. And I can't wait for you guys to hear our next episode coming out in a couple of weeks. Yay! We're so excited. We love you. We hope you have the best day ever. Bye. Bye.